0: This is Dr. Shannon M. Clark with a Dr. Delivers podcast, and today I am discussing the basics of prenatal and postnatal vitamin supplementation with Jenny Hahn, board-certified ambulatory care pharmacist and PharmD.
1: Okay, Okay, sounds
0: good. Okay. So I am super excited today to have Dr. Jenny Hahn join me. Uh, she is a PharmD and board-certified ambulatory care pharmacist, and on here on Instagram, you can find her at the post at the postpartum pharmacist. So I'm super thrilled to have you. Uh, so thank you so much. I know this is a uh, we had planned one a while back, and I had to reschedule. So thanks for being flexible. <laughs>
1: Of course. I'm super excited to be here and thank you for inviting me. I feel like this conversation will be really helpful Yes, and maybe start some more conversations.
0: Exactly. And I kind of like to give a story about, because we've never met in person. We met on social media and this is how we (laughs) met because I remember, as many of you know that are watching, I have been very, very vocal about what I deem the designer prenatal vitamin and uh, using other forms of folate besides folic acid and prenatal vitamins I have a, a highlight highlights on this and we'll talk a little bit about uh, this uh, throughout the, this discussion and I noticed that Dr. Han was agreeing with me which was awesome because most everybody uh, that are non-medical don't
1: agree with me uh, and so that's how we kind of bonded do you remember that? Yes, of <laughs> course. I feel like that conversation is ongoing because yes. something always comes up and Absolutely. I always see your stories and you're calling people out saying, mm-hmm. no, this is actually true. Right. This is actually false. Yeah. yeah.
0: And so along the same lines, uh, what, uh, why, why something as basic as a prenatal vitamin has become particularly important to me, and then you can share why. You feel mm-hmm. the same way is because I feel like for whatever reason, the vitamin and supplement industry has taken over what a prenatal supplement should be, has in a way uh, targeted a very vulnerable population, meaning pregnant individuals, to make them feel, and I see the marketing and I see the messaging, to make them feel they're maybe they're not doing what they should be doing, that they should be taking this and this, and their vitamin, their subscription vitamin has it, so subscribe. And I simply do not buy into that. I don't think it's a difficult thing, but the vitamin and supplement injury has made it seem that way. It's really not. There are basic rules to follow and it's very simple. And I know it gets difficult when you go over the counter to try to pick one, Um, but we're gonna give you the guidelines to follow, the very simple guidelines to follow to make it easier for you and explain why certain things are recommended. So why did this become a kind of a passion thing for you, a passion project for you? What's your story?
1: Um, well, my story is actually hits on what you just said. Yeah. Um, the reason why I started this whole platform is really simple. And it just narrows down to the fact that I don't think it should be that difficult, mm-hmm. confusing, tiring, whatever, to care for your health when you're pregnant and also when you're postpartum. Mm-hmm. So, and sadly, right now, like you said, it is. And I think part of it is because the supplement industry is not FDA regulated. Mm -hmm. So that gives a lot of creative free space for these companies to play around with ingredients, with amounts. And so I just wanted to shift some of the focus back onto you and like the new mom Mm -hmm. in addition to the new baby and make it very simple. Like these are the ingredients that you need. These are the nutrients that you need. This is how much... And go out and look for that. And mm-hmm. if you find it, then you're good.
0: And unfortunately, really, there's not one supplement, one yeah. vitamin that has it all. And that's fine. And we'll tell you how to play with it a little bit. Um, yeah. There's just not. Hopefully, one day there will be. And I, I actually think there might be one coming in the near future. I might have a little insight info. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's uh, it's so I, I it's hard and it's daunting and um. So anyway, we won't belabor it anymore. You guys know why we're here and why. Something that should be as simple as taking a prenatal vitamin has how it got, got so out of hand, and we kind of mm-hmm. want to rein it back in a little bit. So, the one thing that Dr. Hahn and I have discussed behind the scenes is we both want to emphasize that the diet, what you get in natural foods and your daily intake, your daily nutrition is the most important way to get the vitamins and minerals you need in pregnancy and in the postpartum period, right?
1: Yes, 100%. Mm-hmm. Food is always first because that's the way that our body knows these ingredients. Mm-hmm. The ingredients that you'll find in synthetic supplements are synthetic. So they're mm-hmm. lab made. Mm-hmm. Um, so food is always, always first, but in people who are pregnant or who are postpartum or whatever condition you may have, it may be harder to get all those nutrients from food alone. And so that's when supplements are a really good solution. And so hopefully we can go over all of those ingredients so that you know, okay, well maybe I'm not eating enough of this, mm-hmm. so I need to supplement with this. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so first and foremost, if you uh, are not sure that you're eating a balanced diet, and some people take that for granted, um, and we think we know more than we do, nutritionists are a great place to start to talk to you about what's important. And, you know, and I'll be the first to admit, uh, OBGYNs, we, unless we make, take the time ourselves to study nutrition. Uh, and I know probably more than the average, um, but you know, I don't see every pregnant individual in the, in the world. So ask for a referral to a nutritionist. They can talk to you about what to take in, um, and, and go over what you typically eat in a day and tell you how to change things up and what you might want to add into your diet. Um, Mm -hmm. And they can even help with those. And we don't have time to go into the hyperemesis and a nausea, vomiting, or pregnancy because that is an issue when it comes to taking in what you need, both dietary form and as a supplement. That's a different topic. But even those individuals can benefit from a nutrition consult if the OBGYN is not able to advise you. Um, totally. so that's just something to consider. So that's we, have already talked about that. And then the other thing to remember is that one prenatal yeah. vitamin that you pick is not response. Responsibility is not to s- completely supplement what you need extra. It's a supplement diet comes first. Then the prenatal vitamin is going to have a supplement of the specific vitamins and minerals that we're getting ready to discuss. So yeah. what I p- pulled here was a- what ACOG recommends for the main most important, um, uh, Vitamins and minerals that you need in the amounts in pregnancy. Uh, this is what you're needing in pregnancy through both diet and supplement together. Okay. So keep that in mind. So no supplement is going to have the amounts we're speaking here of. It, you're just, it's going to have a, a certain proportion of those amounts, right?
1: Mm -hmm, Exactly. So So when you look at the nutrition label, some of the ingredients may be at 100% of your daily value and some will not. And that's normal. You don't Mm -hmm. want to look for 100% of everything. Everything.
0: Right. Right. Um, And so if you know you're specifically lacking something in your diet, then you might want to find a prenatal vitamin that has a little bit more of that specific vitamin or mineral um, based on that. So first, we'll just talk about calcium. Calcium is important uh, uh, for both the pregnant patient and the fetus for building strong bones and teeth. And the recommendation is that uh, pregnant individuals uh, get uh, 1,000 milligrams a day uh, through diet and supplementation. Uh, The best sources would be milk, cheese, yogurt, sardines, dark green leafy vegetables. Um, That's the basics for the food. And and when you look at the supplement, though, it's not going to have the 1,000 milligrams. It's going to have a certain amount of that, right?
1: Yeah. And calcium is one that's pretty hard to get a lot in in a a pill form or a capsule form because it's such a bulky ingredient right and so (laughs) a lot of it like I mean I I look more deeply into the postnatals but even the prenatals don't really have a lot of calcium and even some brands will say oh we don't put calcium because you get enough in your diet, mm-hmm. but really, a lot of it is because they just can't fit it in there. Yeah, and so make sure that you do get enough in your diet,
0: right? And, and you, you know, you know that if you don't, and calcium doesn't always mean that you have to do cow's milk or anything like that. You, you know, you mm-hmm. can get it in other types of foods that are uh, vegetarian and vegan friendly as well. Okay, right. so we'll move on to iron, which is one of the ones I hear the most complaints about, and rightfully so. I mean, it, it's constipating. It also adds a lot of bulk to the prenatal vitamin
1: Um,
0: and it tastes bad. And And especially if you had nausea, vomiting in pregnancy and hyperemesis, it's, it's a, no, it's, it's a deal breaker. It's not going to happen. Yeah. And then baseline physiological changes of pregnancy. Most women will have some degree of anemia throughout their pregnancy, specifically towards the end. So you may be asked to take additional iron pills above what what is in your prenatal vitamin. That's not atypical. Okay, mm-hmm. so what you need in pregnancy is 27 milligrams of iron, um, and that just helps with oxygenation, keeping you, um, uh, 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 helping you with the anemia. Uh, now, what's typically found in a single prenatal vitamin may not be enough, and they may, your doc may prescribe extra. Uh, lean red meats, poultry, fish, dried beans and peas, iron fortified cereals and prune juice are some of the main uh, ways to get it in your diet. Um, what, what do you have to add about iron?
1: Yeah, iron is super important, Mm -hmm. both um, in a prenatal and a postnatal. In postpartum, you're going to need a little bit, you don't need as much. So the requirement goes down, which is a good thing, because then you don't have to take a nasty tasting pill. Mm -hmm. But um, with iron, something that helps is that if you take it with something uh, like vitamin C, that's Mm going to help with the absorption. Mm -hmm. And then there's different kinds of iron. So there's Mm -hmm. heme iron, iron non-heme iron examples of each is that heme iron is the lean meat in the seafood and then non-heme iron would be nuts grains beans those kinds of things mm-hmm. and i just bring this up because the heme iron which is the meat in the seafood the body is able to absorb that a little bit better than the non-heme irons. Mm. so if you are a vegetarian or whatever then maybe you're going to have to eat a little bit bit more more. of those things. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And that's important to consider because there are a lot of vegetarian, uh, pregnant individuals. And just as an aside, you could still have a healthy pregnant and be vegetarian or vegan. It might take a little bit more work in your diet to get what supplement, you know, what the vitamins and minerals you need, but it can be done. Uh, And I hear that all the time, uh, but it can be done. Uh, That's another topic too. Uh, Iodine (laughs) is something that's also important, 220 micrograms, most prenatal vitamins are gonna have some amount of of iodine. It's essential for healthy uh, fetal brain. And uh, iodized table salt, dairy products, seafood, meat, some breads and eggs. Um, Iodine is something that's not typically uh, talked about, but that's because Mm -hmm. we have a lot of iodine in our diets to begin with, uh, just uh, Mm -hmm. being in the US, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. It's not really talked about, but I it's one that is still really important. Yeah. And one thing that I found out is that if you're using like Himalayan salt, which I use or like kosher mm-hmm. salt or something, that's not iodized. Right. So um, make sure that if you are going to rely on iodide from your diet, that you do get that iodized table salt or the foods that you're getting um, have some of it in it. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is that Foods can vary in the amounts of iodide it has based on the soil that the food was grown in, the irrigation practices, all of that can vary it. So all of this is to say is that you can get it through your food, but it's going to be a little bit hard to keep track of. Okay. And so maybe something that will help is that you're just making sure you're getting iodized salt Mm -hmm. or um, in your prenatal or postnatal, you look for that specific amount.
0: In your your vitamin, right. Okay, Mm -hmm. the
1: next thing we're going to talk about is choline. And choline
0: is something that I get asked about a lot, and I actually posted a video about it. And so I'm just going to reiterate what I said in the video. Um, What you need in your diet daily is 450 milligrams, and it's important for fetal brain and spinal cord development. There are some studies that have linked a, a choline deficiency to neural tube defects, but some haven't. So we're not really mm-hmm. sure what the link is. And uh, there are actually ongoing studies on choline and, and uh, the, its association with birth defects. But there's not a lot of prenatal vitamins that have choline. There are a few, but most of them don't. So you are more than likely going to have to take an additional choline supplement. Mm-hmm. So, or you can get it in milk, beef, liver, eggs, peanuts, and soy products. Um, for As a supplement form, you're, you could take anywhere from two to 300 milligrams a day. And I have a. I'm going to address a little bit go a little bit into more detail later on in the in the talk about where to get that. But that's the basics of choline, uh, and again, it's not really been talked about a lot, right? And uh, yeah, it, it's not. It's. Some... We need to talk about it because it is
1: important. Uh, so, what say you about choline? It's definitely important and Mm -hmm. I think we're going to see more with it as time goes on because people are catching on there's more research regarding it Um, and kind of like what you were saying is that a lot of the prenatals and postnatals because it's also important postpartum is that it's not going to have enough Um, I was like looking at some of the common prenatals and postnatals and if you look at the labels it's always like around 10% of your daily value, because again, it's a really hard um, nutrient to get in a pill form. Right, right. So, which is why you said like, uh, most of the time you're gonna have to take one separately. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I also want to mention that cruciferous vegetables also have a lot of choline, um, nuts, seeds, and whole grains. Mm -hmm. So if if you're vegan.
0: Good, good, perfect. Vitamin A. Uh, 770 micrograms uh, for reproductive age individuals. It helps to form uh, healthy skin and eyesight and also helps with bone growth. You can get it in carrots, green leafy vegetables, sweet potatoes. Um, The reason why uh, when you you hear all the time, you shouldn't take more than whatever the recommended serving is of your prenatal vitamin. And usually if it's in a pill form, it's going to be one a day. And that's because if you start doubling up or tripling up, you're going to get more of that vitamin A and you don't want, too much vitamin A, because that can have complications in the pregnancy in the form of birth defects. So you don't want to get more than you need of the vitamin A. So that's why, say you needed extra iron, and you're like, well, I'll just take two prenatal vitamins. You don't want to do that. You stick with the Mm -hmm. basics of your one prenatal vitamin a day, and uh, to avoid that uh, extra vitamin A, uh, and then add the supplements extra in as you might need throughout your pregnancy, right? Yeah. Perfect. We're going through these. That's the next one. Next one's going to be vitamin C. Um, Mm -hmm. That is 85 milligrams recommended for reproductive age individuals. Promotes healthy gums, teeth, and bones. Um, Obviously, citrus fruit, uh, broccoli, tomatoes, strawberries. Uh, It also helps with the immune system. Um, So that's important. And that's – I don't think I've ever seen a prenatal vitamin without vitamin C. Have you? Nope.
1: Yeah, that's a pretty basic component. Same with postnatals too. Like it'll – I think all of the ones that I've reviewed have vitamin A, but have vitamin C. Those are kind of the key yeah. ones.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, and then so that you can get uh, – vitamin C is pretty easy to get um, in uh, your diet because most people are going to eat fruits and these basic vegetables. So you may not see a whole lot in a certain prenatal vitamin, but as long as you're consuming it in your, in your diet, you should be fine. Uh, the mm-hmm. next one's going to be vitamin D, and you want 600 international units a day that helps to build the fetus's bones and teeth, promotes healthy eyesight and skin. Uh, Obviously sunlight, fortified milk, fatty fish such as salmon and sardines. Um, You can also get it through fortified milk, breakfast cereals, um, liver oils, and egg yolks as well. Um, So that's important that you do get your vitamin D. And we're gonna talk a little bit more later on this conversation about vitamin D deficiency and what to do about Mm -hmm. that. Um, But that's the basics of vitamin D. Do
1: you have anything to add for that? Yeah, I I just want to stress that sunlight is the best form of getting your vitamin D. Um, And something interesting is that if you're inside, like near a window and getting sunlight that way, you're not actually going to get any vitamin D because Mm -hmm. the UVB can't penetrate the glass. Yeah, Yeah, Mm -hmm. so go outside and experts recommend five to 30 minutes sometime between 10 a.m. and 4 p.m., so you're going to get that exposure. Obviously, you don't want to put sunscreen on where you want to absorb the vitamin D, so do Mm -hmm. put sunscreen on on your face and everywhere else, but not your whole body. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, and then I guess later we'll talk about vitamin D when you're breastfeeding and postpartum for the baby. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Okay. Vitamin B6 and the B vitamins, B
0: vitamins, B1, B2, six, nine, and 12. They're all key during your pregnancy. Um, and your pre most prenatal vitamins are going to have the B vitamins. Um, you can eat uh, foods that are high in B vitamins, uh, like liver, pork, chicken, bananas, beans, whole grain cereals, and breads. Um, and these also help to give you energy as well. Um, mm-hmm. so the B vitamins are very important. Um, not all prenatal vitamins are going to have all of those B B vitamins. But the most important ones that I've seen are probably going to be B1. And most of them have some component of B6, um, which Mm -hmm. is pyridoxine. Uh, And then obviously B12 are going to be the important ones um, Mm -hmm. to find in your prenatal vitamin, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of similar with the postnatals. It's not all of them have vitamin specific ones you should looking
0: for okay okay um and then vitamin b12 you want to get 2.6 micrograms this is important uh, because it helps to maintain the nervous system helps form red blood cells you can get that in meat fish poultry uh, milk Um, and people that are vegetarian and vegan will definitely need to take a supplement why is that
1: yeah it's because the vitamin b12 it only comes from foods that have meat or Mm -hmm. Poultry or things that vegans and um, vegetarians don't eat. Uh, And then another thing related to that is that vitamin B12, its absorption in the body is super variable because Mm. it relies on certain things in your gut. And so with people who have certain, like if they've gotten the portion of their gut removed or if they have certain conditions, it's going to be hard to absorb it, which is why sometimes people get um, the IM injection of vitamin yes. B12. Mm-hmm. So that's the reason why.
0: Yeah, and another group of uh, individuals that might have hard time with B12 levels is those with the uh, bariatric surgery as well. So that's another yeah. group that, uh, um, and just as an aside, if you've had bariatric surgery, um, you need to get your vitamins and minerals in order, preferably, uh, ideally before you get pregnant, um, because you can get some deficiencies and that can progress Throughout the pregnancy, if we're not monitoring that and watching that. So, that's something important Mm -hmm. to consider as well. And then, lastly, we're gonna talk about folic acid um, for the basics. And that's 600 micrograms a day, but we're gonna get into both folic acid. Don't you worry. It's, it's, uh, (laughs) you don't worry. We're gonna get into it. Helps prevent birth defects of the brain and uh, spine, supports general growth and development of the fetus and the placenta. There's a lot of foods in the US that are fortified with folic acid, and we'll just, we'll talk later about why. Uh, So Mm -hmm. fortified cereals and rich breads and pasta, peanuts, dark green leafy vegetables, orange juice and beans. Um, So the minimum amount of folic acid that you want in a prenatal vitamin uh, is 400 micrograms. So as opposed to the other ones, there's there's very clear cut recommendations about what you want in a prenatal vitamin supplementation for folic acid. And that's because it has been studied and has shown to help prevent neural tube defects. Uh, And and in addition, corn masa was recently approved by the FDA to be fortified with folic acid, which is great for the Hispanic population. They do have a higher Mm -hmm. incidence of neural tube defects. And that was the reason why. So one of the reasons, the main reason why uh, corn masa is now fortified with folic acid. So the minimum amount you want to get is 400 uh, 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 micrograms of folic acid. But if you read the the way the new dietary labels are, and we'll talk about that. It'll give you something called DFE, dietary folic equivalents. And there are some that have 360 because that's just the way it breaks down. And 360 is fine too. So mm-hmm. you can change that. I would say the minimum that you're going to get in a prenatal vitamin is 360 micrograms. If you're otherwise uncomplicated, 360 should be just fine, especially if you're eating a balanced diet, right?
1: Yeah, and, and when you're pregnant, that increases a little bit more to 600 micrograms, mm-hmm. but when you're in the age or even thinking about getting pregnant, then 400, yes. or what you were saying. 360, yeah. And it's
0: ideally, uh, because the it helps prevent neural tube defects, the neural tube does close very early in pregnancy, uh, sometimes before people even realize they're pregnant. So that's why, and again, we'll go into this, anyone of reproductive age that is capable of becoming pregnant should be taking at least... 360 to 400 micrograms of folic acid daily in the event of an unplanned pregnancy, which up to 50% mm-hmm. of pregnancies in the US are unplanned um, because mm-hmm. the neural tube might close before you even realize that you're pregnant and you may not have been taking the supplementation. And we do know that most reproductive age individuals are not consuming enough folic acid in their diet alone. So that's why supplementation specifically with folic acid is so important uh, in the trying to conceive period. And even if you're not trying to conceive, but you're a reproductive age.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, um, so let's get a little bit into choline. Um, we talked about some of the basics. Um, again, there's three different forms, right? Choline, bitartrate, wait, yeah, bitartrate, phosphatidylcholine uh-huh. is lecithin. I get hammered with questions all the time. Which one over the counter is the best? Do you have a recommendation? Do you have a preference?
1: Um, like as to which form? Which form? Yeah. Uh, I no, not really, because. Like we mentioned before, um, there haven't been really studies that say we absorb one form better than the Mm -hmm. other. Um, But so I think those studies are coming though. Hopefully, yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, I think that there's going to be more studies that come out (laughs) and that we can have more information then. Mm -hmm. But like I want to hammer what we said in the beginning is that you can eat a lot of choline, um, Mm -hmm. and if you don't, then you can supplement. But as Mm -hmm. to the specific kind, I can't, I can't recommend that yet. Mm-hmm. And then there's a question that popped up. I don't think I said this. Uh, we're
0: going to go back a little bit to what you can where you can get folic acid in your diet. Uh, did I say the, uh, the enriched, uh, fortified cereal, enriched bread, in case I didn't say it all? Pasta, mm-hmm. peanuts, dark green leafy vegetables, orange juice, beans, um, in case I didn't say that. So there. that's how you can get your folic acid.
1: So right. And Jumping I know back this down. is a lot of information. So yeah. you can look up this really easily. If you just type in like NIH yes. and then type in the um, like folic acid or vitamin B12 or something, and then it'll list it all out for you in a really mm-hmm. easy table.
0: And then also I'm turning, because we have this document that Dr. Han and I put together. I'm going to turn that into a blog and have all this information Perfect. for you guys there too, within the next month or so, hopefully, but super mm-hmm. sooner than that, hopefully. Um, so as far as the, the type of choline you can get over the counter. It doesn't matter, because we don't have studies on which is better. But the one that I think I see the most commonly is the phosphatidylcholine forms, which is fine. And you can take anywhere between, uh, if you're you're supplementing, two to 300 milligrams uh, a day. Um, And then just as a statistic, about 90 to 95% of pregnant women consume less choline than the adequate intake that's recommended um and again like we said most prenatal vitamins that you get over the counter are not going to have choline so you're going to have to buy that extra or separate um in order to get that um and then also the risk of inadequate choline status might be greater in pregnant and lactating individuals who do not take folic acid supplements uh mm-hmm. those with low B12 status and those um uh with no and those with low, low B12 status so if you're not if you weren't taking prenatal vi- or taken Acid, or if you you know you have a vitamin B twelve deficiency, then you might want to start taking some choline uh, as a supplement. Mm
1: -hmm. So folate and choline are kind of interrelated. Yes, work together. So if you're deficient in folate, then choline has to work extra hard to do the work that the folate was supposed to do. So, I guess. To make it simple, if you have enough folate and have enough choline, then they're going to work well together. You should be covered. Yeah, you should be covered. Yeah. It's,
0: and again, and that goes into, like I a, a said earlier, some studies have shown that deficiency of choline could be related to neural tube defects, and this kind of explains why. But again, the studies are conflicting. We don't have the data on choline and neural tube defects mm-hmm. like we have on folic acid and neural tube defects uh, as a right. form of folate deficiency. So, um, but I, I actually know of a few studies that are ongoing that hopefully, Will give us some information soon on choline specifically okay the next thing i wanted to talk about is dha omega-3 fatty acids it's another question i get all the time um mm-hmm. omega-3 fatty acids are a type of fat uh, uh fat found naturally in many kinds of fish um and they're important for brain development both before and after birth so i'm sure you're mm-hmm. going to talk about omega-3s in a postpartum period but for the prenatal period um you need to Ideally, to get your folic acid and DHA as a form of uh, sorry, your omega three fatty acids in the form of DHA specifically um, through fish, but for our vegetarians and vegans, you can also get it in flaxseed, either ground or oil, broccoli, cauliflower, kidney beans, cantaloupe, spinach and walnuts, and you can add Mm -hmm. supplementation of omega three in that form of two to 300 milligrams a day. Um, Do you have anything to add to that?
1: yeah it's really interesting actually because we always associate omega-3s with fish right mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it's not actually the fish that has it to begin with i yeah. guess okay. it actually comes from what they eat so oh, okay. it comes from the sea- seaweed that they yes. eat yeah, they, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. they yes. eat it and I then did the know fish that. gets I did, it
0: you're right yes There's and it's actually a cool
1: fact <laughs> Yeah, I know that's these really things cool. interest me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, that's that's where we get it from, and so, that's why sometimes you'll actually see it from other sources, just than just other than the fish. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So
0: if you're vegetarian or vegan, you can still get DHA in uh, other forms um, that I just mentioned, and still get enough DHA. Now, mm-hmm. since we're talking about this, I want to talk a little bit about fish because uh, fish is not uh, a prenatal vitamin supplement, but uh, you can get it with you know, DHA because I know you can add it to your prenatal vitamin and some prenatal vitamins already have it, which is great. But when you're talking about eating fish in your diet, we're just going to talk about what to do and what not to do. Um, so the, the first myth is you don't have to avoid all fish in pregnancy. You can still eat fish in pregnancy and, and shellfish in pregnancy unless, you, of course, you have an allergy um, okay. because it is an important source of omega-3. So ACOG came up with some baseline ground rules for eating fish in pregnancy. And I will post this, uh, actually it's already posted under my nutrition highlight. So you can get that Mm -hmm. information there. So these are the rules. Uh, Eat two to three servings a week of fish um, and a serving size is four ounces. So that would make eight to 12 ounces in total of fish per week.
1: Um,
0: And you wanna use a variety of of fishes uh, preferably. And I'll go through some of those. Um, You wanna eat only one serving a week of no more than six ounces of some fish such as albacore or white tuna and uh, fishes with similar mercury concentrations. What you're worried about is the mercury concentration and the type of fish that you eat. That's also listed under my nutrition highlight. Uh, There's a beautiful diagram by the FDA that gives you exactly what you need to know about what fish to eat and not to eat in pregnancy. Mm -hmm. You want to limit your exposure to mercury by not eating big eye tuna, king mackerel, marlin, orange roughy, shark, swordfish, or tilefish. Those are the ones to avoid. Um, And then finally, and I don't know about, you, about this because I'm not aware of the fishing industry, but apparently if you are someone that eats fresh caught fish and you live in certain areas of the country that that's common, you want to check for advisories for fish caught by family and friends where no advisories exist and limit eating those fish to one serving a week um, only. Do you know what that is? I'm afraid to say, I don't know what it is, no. but I, I, yeah, that that's a, a thing that it's a thing. And I wish I had more information, um, but Again, it's probably under what I have under my highlights. So you might want to find it there. Um, and then just as an aside, please don't eat raw or undercook- undercooked seafood, eggs, and meat. Just don't. It's not worth the risk. Okay? Right. Um, so do you have anything to add on the fish um, topic? No. And this is what it actually what it looks like. It's backwards, yeah. it's, but it's, this it's is really, what it's, a good it's really table. nice. Yeah, and this isn't under my highlights, under nutrition. Yeah, it's a great table. Um, Okay. So nothing else to fish that I just wanted to touch on that. And vitamin D, I know you wanted to talk about vitamin D. What do we need to know specifically about vitamin D deficiency when you're pregnant? Uh,
1: well, I was going to talk about vitamin D um, when postpartum. Postpartum. Okay. And, so
0: we'll, yeah, I'll, will add some stuff about the, the, uh, there are some individuals who have a, a vitamin D deficiency. They may or may not know that before getting pregnant. There's no uh, standard, is standard of care test that we screen all printed individuals for vitamin D deficiency. I will say in my clinical experience that most people know that because it's something that usually starts to have signs and symptoms earlier on in life. Okay, mm-hmm. so a lot of people that I know that have vitamin D or patients were already diagnosed with it. Um, so if you are someone, if you do know that you have vitamin D deficiency or you might be at increased risk for that, we can check your maternal serum, 25 hydroxyvitamin D levels um, to check and see if you're sitting okay uh, when you're pregnant and early on. Um, but if you're in, if you're not, then we're going to recommend 1000 to 2000 international units a day of vitamin D when you're pregnant, uh, if you're diagnosed with a vitamin D deficiency. So mm-hmm. that's just the little aside I wanted to add about vitamin D deficiency and pregnancy. Yeah, you want to talk and, about the postpartum? Is, yeah, since we're on the
1: topic. Yeah, I, I'll just mention something. Yeah, I'm from California, from LA, where supposedly we get a lot of sun, right? But mm-hmm. even I was still vitamin D deficient. Mm-hmm. So it's really easy um to be deficient in vitamin D, especially if you're inside working all day. Like I said, mm-hmm. the glass yeah. doesn't help. Yeah. Um, so Um I am too, but that.
0: yeah, <laughs> I had melanoma. So I had actively avoid the sun. I'm walking around like this and right, I, I'm 47 right. years old. Almost forty eight, mm-hmm. and I should have known it was coming. <laughs> sure enough, I got tested and I was deficient. I had like none, so yeah, I've had to make my peace with the sun and realize that I have to get it on there. Are some, um, well, you know, with lots of sunscreen, but uh, and then obviously I'm taking supplementation, so um, right, it happens. Right. It's especially in reproductive age individuals, uh, and and it's very common to happen. Super. Okay, now we're going to get on to the topic that we bonded over: is folate. <laughs> <laughs> um, What is the difference between, first of all, are folate and folic acid, are they the same thing? Because everybody kind of puts them into the, that they're the exact same thing, are they?
1: I know, I wish this Mm -hmm. wasn't so confusing, but it is. And the fact is, is that they're not the same. Folate is often used as like this umbrella term to uncover folic acid, um, dihydrofolate, tetrahydrofolate, but they're different. So folate is, you can only get it from natural food sources that period and then so wait a minute else, so
0: all these prenatal uh-huh. vitamins that have natural food folate in the pill form is that natural food folate
1: no no it's not so <laughs> it's not. not everything else is synthetic meaning it was made by humans if it's in a
0: pill it was made
1: right okay. um so if it's in the pill it was made unless i will talk about um some mm-hmm. prenatals that have natural food folate um like for example garden of life Mm-hmm. And a newer prenatal called Tend, it comes in yes, a bar I saw that. formulation. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. really cool, um, but those actually have food folate because they mm-hmm. literally took the food and put it into the bar. So now the
0: only thing that worries me about that though is
1: mm-hmm.
0: we don't really know how much you're getting because again these aren't tested and regulated like medicines are. They're supplements, right. so yeah. we still have to be careful, and you still have to make sure you're eating a balanced diet, mm-hmm. right?
1: Yeah. Of course. Yes. Yes. These are all supplements. So it shouldn't Mm -hmm. be replacing meals or anything like that, Mm -hmm. but it should be in addition to food. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And so
0: the specific, so folate is the umbrella term for folic acid, dihydrofolate, tetrahydrofolate, and then my favorite, 5 MTHF, which uh, you hear are methylfolate. You hear about a lot, which I'm always fighting with people on social media about. And we'll go into why. Um, (laughs) Sorry, I have a whole diagram here. Um, Let's talk specifically about 5-methyl-THF or or 5-MTHF. What can you tell me about that form of folate specifically?
1: Well, so like you were saying is that it's synthetic. So Mm -hmm. whenever you're seeing that on your um, supplement facts, just know that it's not folic acid. That's what Mm -hmm. you need to know, because the main point that we want to get across here is that it's recommended by multiple medical organizations that folic acid is what you should be getting in your prenatal. Um, and for trying and to conceive, yeah. And for trying to conceive, because that's what's been studied and that's what's been showed to decrease NTDs or the neural tube defects. Anything else is may work, we don't know. Mm-hmm. That's the thing is that mm-hmm. you don't want to risk, know. you don't want to mm-hmm. risk it. And so if you don't know, then the safe choice would be to take something with folic acid, especially if you're not gonna eat enough folate in your diet, which is hard to do. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, so just know this, Uh, folic acid, for trying to conceive, for for prevention and neural tube effects and during pregnancy is what you need in your prenatal vitamin, period. There are some studies that show the bioavailability could be superior to or equal than, sorry, sorry, superior than or equal to folic acid. That's great. But what about neural mm-hmm. tube defects? The, the key here is the prevention of neural tube defects. We have study after study after study that shows that folic acid is what you need to take as supplement form above what you get in your diet for the prevention of neural tube defects. Uh, for trying to conceive in pregnancy, 5-MTHF MTH, or methylfolate has not been studied. So if anyone's telling you to take that for trying to conceive in pregnancy, they're steering you in the wrong direction. I don't care what bioavailability bioavail- studies they, sh- they, they throw at you, there's no neural tube defect studies for five uh, MTHF, none. So yeah. uh, this is, in my opinion, is a huge issue, huge issue, and something I take uh, a huge issue with when I see these designer vitamins, prenatal vitamins pushing this. They can have it in their vitamin. Just don't call it a prenatal vitamin because it's not for pregnancy. I don't care right. if you take methylfolate for what anything else, but if you're trying to conceive or pregnant, you should be taking folic acid.
1: And if you're if you choose a vitamin that has that synthetic form, then take some sub- folic acid on the side, mm-hmm. because the point is is that you need it. Um, and I think the reason why some newer des- designer vitamins have this synthetic form when it's clear what form is needed is simply because these brands are just trying to stand out in some way and so like I said there's a creative space and so they take certain nutrients and they say oh why don't you choose like this kind because it sounds better Mm -hmm. or maybe it's easier to put into the pill and so that's why hopefully this conversation just drills it down to this is what you need and why if they have other random stuff it's not because that's actually needed and we missed it. It's because they're trying to market their vitamin in a different way.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and where this all kind of started from was from MTHFR deficiency. There's this big thing about MTHFR gene variants and what they cause for adverse pregnancy outcomes and all other kinds of medical diseases. Um, what we do know and what science has proven is that there are no effects of MTHFR, MTHFR gene variants on adverse pregnancy outcomes. People that have gene variants, whether they're heterozygous or homozygous can uh, metabolize folic acid and it's actually recommended in those individuals. So those people that are telling you, you need to take methylfolate instead of folic acid, if you have the gene variant, that is not true. You can still take folic acid and you should take folic acid. So that's another thing that these prenatal vitamins use. Well, if your gene variant, uh, you had the MTHFR gene variant, you need to take methylfolate and that is inaccurate. Just to throw some of the, uh, the organizations that all stand behind folic acid for trying to conceive and pregnant USPSTF CDC IOM ACOG AC, uh, MG, CDC AAF, AAFP AAP uh, there's about 10 more here that's mm-hmm. all I need to know okay so are you going to believe these people or the, the designer prenatal vitamin that's, that the uh, Instagram influencer is pushing
1: yeah and I just want to say that like if there is a sound study that comes out and shows Oh, yes. these synthetic forms are just as good as folic acid. Equal or to or better. superior than.
0: That's all we need. Yeah. yeah. You got you to study them uh, uh, comparatively, right? And that's the only and way if we're going to get comes that out.
1: Then we'll be on board too.
0: I'll be perfectly fine with it. We just got to have the studies. There is no way I'm going to tell somebody to take methylfolate when I know, don't have that information on something as important as the prevention of neural tube de- defects. No way I'm, gonna, mm-hmm. I'm going to risk that, plain mm-hmm. and simple. Okay, let's skip on to my, uh, the nutrition label. So real quick, the nutrition label. The nutrition labels have actually been revamped. One of the main reasons is because of folic acid, yeah. uh, ironically enough. What you might see when you look for a prenatal vitamin under the nutrition label is dietary folate equivalent. And you might see any form of the MTHF, uh 5 MTHF. It might even say natural food folate. It might say something else. If it does not say the words folic acid followed by 360 micrograms, 400 micrograms, 600 micrograms, and so on in parentheses under DFE, it does not have folic acid. That's pretty much all you need to know about the nutrition label. The nutrition label must say the words folic acid followed by how much in micrograms in order for that supplement to have. Uh, mm-hmm. um, folic acid. Okay. I'll, also, this is under my uh, nutrition highlight, and also under my MTHFR folic acid highlight. Um, okay. We've already talked about folic acid and THFR. Real quick, what does and you had put this in the note you sent me? USP verified versus anew mm-hmm. through and you threw in some ones I didn't even know about. Uh, mm-hmm. Lab door NSF verified consumer lab. What does all that mean?
1: Yeah, so this is a good segue because we're telling you how to read the nutrition label and everything like that. But the bottom line is, is that nutrition label actually reflective of what's inside? Um, And that's a big question.
0: That's a big question,
1: actually. Yeah, it is. That's the problem with supplements is that you you can't trust it 100% because Mm -hmm. it's not fda regulated, but there's these third-party organizations that you just mentioned, which is NSF, USP, Consumer Lab, Labdoor, who will take these vitamins, study them, and actually tell you, it doesn't have what the label has, and it'll tell you how much it differs from the label. You'll be surprised. Some of, some of them are very variant, um, so I, I always look at these. To make sure that my supplements are verified by these 30-party organizations because otherwise you can't trust that what's inside is what's on the label. So uh, I know
0: that prenatal vitamins will, if they're USP verified, there will be a stamp on there.
1: Is it the mm-hmm. same can be
0: said for Labdoor NSF verified consumer lab? Is this the same thing?
1: It's the same thing for NSF and for consumer lab um lab door there won't be a a little label and sometimes actually just for like design reasons supplements will not have those little labels on the bottle and so you can actually go to the websites and search for the specific one that you're looking for and even if it doesn't have a seal on the bottle it may still be um verified by these organizations
0: perfect so um you do need to, I, I'm, my recommendation, and it seems like Dr. Hans' recommendation, is to have uh, some kind of verification by NSF, Consumer Lab, or USP. The one I see most common for prenatal vitamins is USP. So mm-hmm. uh, start there. So just real quick. And uh, this is how I would go to the prenatal vitamin aisle and look for a pre- prenatal vitamin or Amazon, wherever you're looking. And also people always tell me, don't get your prenatal vitamins off Amazon. That's where I got mine. I got my you can get them on Amazon. Uh, There are plenty of vendors on Amazon that are perfectly legit. um, And you're getting what you buy what you buy. That's how I got mine. Um, I would first look for that it's verified. Make sure that it has folic acid in it. Then uh, uh, see if it has DHA or choline. Um, Mm -hmm. As far as the iron goes, if you're not having problems with anemia, you could find with a lower with a lower iron content. Uh, If you are, then you might need to add additional iron. You can talk to your provider about that. If it doesn't have DHA, get your DHA as a supplement or eat the recommended amount of fish that we talked about. Uh, For the choline, again, most of them don't have choline. um, So you might wanna get the choline uh, as a supplement as well. And any of the three that we mentioned earlier in this discussion are fine. Um, But it's really that simple. It's, um, it's, I, I feel like it's a source of stress for pregnant and trying to conceive individuals that doesn't really need to be there. What we just went over are the basics and really all that you need, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. I like it's, how you broke it down like that. Yeah. Like, let's get rid of all the noise, mm-hmm. what's needed. And so right. if you go through those steps, hopefully it'll, it'll lead you to one that works for you. And, and, and just, well, I'm going to jump into postnatal. We got
0: about 20 minutes to discuss postnatal, but I want to say this. One of the things that I also see designer prenatal vitamins target is those with nausea, vomiting, and pregnancy. And that you need to take their vitamin because it has that. I'm here to tell you that these standard treatment, if you go into a therapy rather than conservative measures like food, avoiding uh, certain foods and that is pyridoxine, which is vitamin B6 uh, to take that. And you can take extra if you need to and talk to your physician about that. The ACOG has a very beautiful uh, diagram on how to manage, manage nausea, vomiting and pregnancy that includes vitamin B6. It's one of the most studied, uh, Treatments in pregnancy period. So, uh, and you can add ginger as well. Uh, you could also uh, add doxylamine, which is an antihistamine with the pyridoxine if you're having nausea and vomiting. And there are different formulations of that. So, um, you do, still don't need to do the designer prenatal vitamins subscription, which is definitely much more exper- expensive um, when you can just do extra uh, vitamin B6 on the side. And uh, I do that with my patients all the time. Uh, yeah. Gummy prenatal vitamins. You, you had a beautiful answer when I sent you this. Uh, people ask me about gummy pre- prenatal vitamins all the time. What say you?
1: I say gummy prenatal vitamins or postnatals are a last resort. Mm-hmm. If you can't tolerate pills for whatever reason or, yeah, because of nausea, vomiting, or you just can't, period, then it's better than nothing. But the mm-hmm. reason why I say it's a last resort is because gummy formulations make it very hard to put all those nutrients yes. into that little chewy And gummies
0: don't have iron.
1: You're I don't I don't yeah. think I've ever seen a gummy with iron
0: because there's well, something called some about
1: the some do okay but then it's it's not enough. Yeah. And that's the other thing is that each gummy is going to vary in content a lot more than what you would find in a pill. In a pill. So um, to give an example there was one nature made prenatal gummy um, I looked that up on Labdoor, and it came up as like a low-grade reading because seven of the ingredients were, I think, more than 10% off of what the label said. Okay, Interesting. So um, that mm-hmm. just means that there's a lot of variation, and you're going to have to maybe work harder with your diet mm-hmm. um, to get those nutrients.
0: Mm-hmm. And the other thing to know that if you, for whatever reason, you have to take the gummies, you need to look at the label because some of the uh, one serving is going to be two gummies, um, and uh, which I think most gummies are like that. So just make sure you're taking what the recommended serving is if you're taking a gummy. Now, I'm going to put lots of resources about things we just covered. I'm going to turn this into a, a blog at some point, um, but let's talk about the importance of postpartum supplementation. I think the general rule of thumb has been just continue to take your prenatal vitamin. Is that okay?
1: That is okay. I just want to say that it's okay for you to continue your prenatal vitamin and actually major organizations will just state that or state something along those lines, something kind of vague, but I don't think that's the best thing. Mm -hmm. And that's why, again, I started this platform is because postpartum health is so important. It's such a critical time in your life that's going to have long-term consequences. So- I think that it's important to take something specifically for postnatals because the amounts and some of the ingredients are going to be different.
0: And and we just don't have enough research into that aspect. We, what we can't do is just assume that the nutritional needs for a pregnant individual are going to be the same when you're, because it's not, especially if you're breastfeeding, um, your needs, uh, while it's better to take a prenatal vitamin and nothing, um, -hmm. we do need more Supplementation specifically for postpartum and breastfeeding, or not? Um, yeah, we're getting in there. Starting with Dr. Han, so uh, I guess the general rule of thumb is, if you want to keep taking your prenatal vitamin, great, that's fine. But if you want to take a you know a little bit extra research and take that extra step to kind of change it up for the postpartum period. What do you say?
1: What, where do you start? Well, the thing that I say is that um, postnatals and prenatals, a lot of the nutrients are going to overlap, but mm. some of them are going to vary in the amounts. And a lot mm. of it we already touched. Um, I have a post in my page about the postnatal must-haves, so I guess I'll just list them out for you. Um, I think your postnatal should definitely have iron. Like I mentioned, it's going to be a little bit less than your prenatal because your demands are a little bit less, Mm -hmm. but still very important. Iodine is important postnatal. Vitamin D, vitamin B12, choline, DHA. These are the must-haves in your postnatal. And if you're going to continue your prenatal, then make sure that you have that. But if you are breastfeeding, then the amounts of each of these required are going to go up. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I think a specific postnatal is important, not only for that, but also to shift your focus and make you realize, oh, no, I'm not pregnant anymore. I'm a new mom. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm recovering from major trauma, which is childbirth. Mm-hmm. And so I need something specifically for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll touch upon the vitamin D, which is if you're exclusively breastfeeding or um, your baby is not getting was it at least thirty-two ounces of breast milk? Was it? 32? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. Then, then you're gonna need more vitamin D um, for you and for your baby. Mm-hmm. So, if you're exclusively breastfeeding, there's been a study that says that if you intake yourself. 6,400 international units of vitamin D, mm. that's going to be enough for you and your baby. But if you don't, and that's that's only in the case that you don't want to actually give your baby vitamin D drops or anything. Mm-hmm. But um, if you're okay with that, then you can just take the normal amount that's recommended, which is 600 international units of vitamin D, and then supplement your baby with vitamin D drops. Mm-hmm. And, This is like astonishing to me because I feel like this goes back to what we're saying is that postpartum care is really lacking. Mm -hmm. The education Mm -hmm. is not standardized. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, this key information is not getting out. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know this.
0: You know, I'll just give my own personal postpartum story. You know, I had a difficult pregnancy. I delivered early. Um, I had nausea and vomiting. I lived on mashed potatoes and my prenatal. thats pretty much my nutrition. Uh, and when I was breast, I didn't breastfeed my patrons were in the NICU for six weeks, but I did exclusively pump. They got exclusive breast milk for three to four months. And then after that, I didn't make enough. So I supplemented, but I pumped for about eight plus months. Um, I got down to like 115 pounds. I was mm-hmm. like bones and I didn't even realize it. I did. I was mm-hmm. a new mom, a new parent. I didn't mm-hmm. realize because I was literally giving them anything I took. I was literally getting out of my body there, there was no way I shouldn't have gotten down. Yeah. And I'm not a 115 pound person. I'm not, I'm never, I mean, I wasn't maybe high school, but, uh, yeah, it got scary because I'm thinking I am literally just eating to feed my babies. And and of course that's what I want to do. I do want, did want to feed my babies, but we have to sustain
1: ourselves as well. Right. Mm -hmm.
0: And, and so, Yeah. yeah,
1: That's part of my story too is that two months postpartum, I broke my back from a very small fall. I had to stop breastfeeding immediately. And then later, I found to have pregnancy and lactation osteoporosis, PLO. This is a very rare condition, so I don't want anyone to freak out. Freak out, yeah. But it just highlights the fact that pregnancy and lactation is very demanding and taxing on your own body. Mm-hmm. Um, especially your bones, and if you have weak bones to begin with, it's gonna suck everything out.
0: Everything out. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and so that's that's why I think that regardless, if you're very healthy, if you're maybe not so much, um, focus on these ingredients because if you don't, then it could have long long term effects. So what I'm gonna ask you to do is that there's any uh, specific
0: posts that you, that are you have that are related to this talk um, just send them to me in direct messages. I'm going to put them all under my, uh, nutrition highlights, highlights yeah. so that they can get it there. Um, along with all the resources that we both use to put this document together. Again, I will turn mm-hmm. into a blog at some point. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, I do, I think it's really cool that as a D that you took this special interest in postpartum, um, supplementation and nutrition and that, because it's rare. We need mm-hmm. more focus on that. We do, because we do. Uh, I, I, I think, and rightfully so, we have to focus on pregnancy. But I think yeah. going into the fact that maternal mortality uh, can happen up to a year related to pregnancy and postpartum period, uh, we need to focus on the health of the individual in general, all around health right? Mm-hmm. And that starts with basic nutrition and supplementation and making sure we get what we need in those several months after delivery. Um, right. Because we do uh, give a lot of ourselves uh, for our our kids in those months, right?
1: Yeah. And it's not
0: selfish. No. It's not
1: like, oh, we're you're not caring for you. No, this is basic, mm-hmm. right? Basic. If, if you're healthy, body and mind, then you can give more to your child. And so I think that that shift in focus is really happening, which I'm happy about, but I think I, that's why I joined to this conversation Mm -hmm. about, about postpartum.
0: Yeah. So I, what I think since we just did the basics here, what I want you guys to do that are listening, uh, on this post, which is going to be in my feed, put specific questions that you have related to this discussion there. And we'll do a part two. And I want to talk a lot more about postpartum, what we do and don't know. Um, and then answer some of the questions y'all have because we don't have time to, I know there's questions here. We have about four minutes I can scroll through but uh, mm-hmm. that way we can, I wanted to set the foundation, then part two, if you're up for it, we can do <laughs> uh, focus more on postnatal and also answering specific questions um, yeah. about the, the uh, based on what we just went over. Let me see if there's any questions we can answer real quick. So they're asking about where to find this. It's going to be underneath my nutrition uh, highlight. um, Is where you'll be able to find these resources.
1: Yeah, it it was a lot of information, but I think as you mentioned, it'll be available in the blog post. I'll continue posting certain things. Mm -hmm. um, Yeah. uh, Continue to say. Yeah. So
0: if uh, a a, a person asks, I'm taking pregnancy vitamin, prenatal vitamin. Do I need to add iron and calcium supplement? So if you need additional iron in in addition to what your prenatal vitamin has, your provider should tell you that. For example, all my patients, I prescribe them a prenatal vitamin, right? Uh, and if they need, uh, if their my general rule of thumb is that their hemoglobin blood count is 10 and above, uh, I will add one additional iron supplement. If it's eight to 10, two, if it's below eight, three a day is my general rule of thumb. So, uh, but every provider is different as far as when they will initiate that first additional iron pill, which is usually 325 milligrams of iron. So mm-hmm. talk to your provider. As far as the calcium goes, as long as you have calcium or prenatal vitamin and you're, and you're getting calcium in your diet, you should be fine and, and don't need extra um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: calcium. And maybe uh, my... It will be
1: helpful to actually bring your prenatal yes. to, if, you're, if it's over the counter to your physician so that mm-hmm. they can actually look at how much iron is in there. Um, mm-hmm. And if it's specifically less, then like you said, you can get more. We already talked about everybody. Everybody's, everybody's loving that
0: choline. <laughs> I know. Uh, the overall best prenatal vitamin. Uh, the one that I like is Nature Made Prenatal with DHA. That's the one I think has the best all around everything that you need. Except for choline, you'll have to add choline. That's the one mm-hmm. I like. I think the price point is good. It's mm-hmm. USP verified. Um, and that's my particular favorite as far as uh, uh, something you can even get on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Our know. prescription prenatals is better than over the counter. Uh, I, I, that's a good question. I don't know that there's any difference between prescript.
1: What's the difference between prescription versus an over the counter? Do you know the answer to that question? I think the only difference is that prescription, you know, it, like what's inside is what's stated you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so um maybe maybe more verification variation yeah yeah more verification um yeah
0: i don't think there's there's a great answer to that uh i don't know why some qualify as being prescription and some aren't to be honest with you
1: um and and then prescription prenatals hmm. there's a lot of different brands too so they're not all the same yeah
0: exactly yeah yeah uh no so i don't think that just because it's prescribed means that it's fda approved um, I don't think that that's the case, but that's a good question. We'll have to come back on that one. That's a good yeah, question. Yeah, yeah, I don't know the answer to that. Um, okay, that's the end of our discussion. Thank you so much. This was so good. Thank you. Uh, people yeah. are saying that we need to do a CME.
1: Maybe we could get to them do a CME. <laughs> this uh, is going to lead yeah. to something.
0: Yeah. Uh, wait, they should be pretty good. okay. So anyway, there are, like questions keep coming through. And I'm getting distracted, but yes, this is a great topic. Again, we'll do a part two. Put your questions in the comments under this video on my feed. Uh, go to my highlights for more information. I'm going to put some stuff from Dr. Han's uh, Instagram account at the postpartum pharmacist. If you don't already follow her, follow her because it's excellent. Uh, and we're going to be a team. Don't worry, we're going to answer more questions.
1: Thank you so much. Thank Dr. you so Clark. much. Have a great rest of your week. You too. Bye, everyone. Okay. Thank you. Bye.
0: I hope you enjoyed that discussion. Now listen to the next discussion on postpartum chit chat.